0: Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura, and I will be reading 2 Samuel chapter 21 from the World English Bible. There was a famine in the days of David for three years, year after year, and David sought the face of Yahweh. Yahweh said, It is for Saul and for his bloody house, because he put the Gibeonites to death. The king called the Gibeonites and said to them, Now, the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites, and the children of Israel had sworn to them, and Saul sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. And David said to the Gibeonites, What should I do for you, and with what should I make atonement that you may bless Yahweh's inheritance? The Gibeonites said to him, It is no matter of silver or gold between us and Saul, or his house, neither is it for us to put any man to death in Israel. He said, I will do for you whatever you say. They said to the king, the man who consumed us and who devised against us that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the borders of Israel, let seven men of his sons be delivered to us, and we will hang them up to Yahweh in Gibeah of Saul, the chosen of Yahweh. The king said, "I will give them." But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of Yahweh's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, whom she bore to Saul, Armani and Mephibosheth, and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Saul, whom she bore to Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Mahalathite. He delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them on the mountain before Yahweh, and all seven of them fell together. They were put to death in the days of harvest in the first days, at the beginning of the barley harvest. Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock from the beginning of harvest until water poured on them from the sky. She allowed neither the birds of the sky to rest on them by day, nor the animals of the field by night. David was told what Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, the concubine of Saul, had done. So David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of Jebesh-Gilead, who had stolen them from the street of Beth-shan, where the Philistines had hanged them in the day that the Philistines killed Saul in Gilboa. And he brought up from there the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son. They also gathered the bones of those who were hanged. They buried the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, in the country of Benjamin, in Zela, in the tomb of Kish, his father. And they performed all that the king commanded. After that, God answered prayer for the land. The Philistines had war again with Israel, and David went down and his servants with him, and fought against the Philistines. David grew faint, and Ishbibenob, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear was three hundred shekels of bronze in weight, he being armed with a new sword, thought he would kill David. But Abishai the son of Zariah helped him, and struck the Philistine, and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, don't go out with us to battle anymore, so that you don't quench the lamp of Israel. After this, there was again war with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sebekei, the Hushathite killed Sapp, who was of the sons of the giant. There was again war with the Philistines at Gob, and Elhanan, the son of Jaare Oregim, the Bethlehemite, killed Goliath, the Gittite's brother the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. There was again war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature, who had six fingers on every hand and six toes on every foot, twenty-four in count, and he also was born to the giant. When he defied Israel, Jonathan the son of Shimei, David's brother, killed him. These four were born to the giant in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. That is the end of chapter 21. Let's start with something relatively easy. The Gibeonites had tricked Joshua into making an agreement with them back in Joshua chapter 9, and God recognized this agreement as something promised in his name by his people, and it seems to be um, validated by how he gives victory in Joshua 10 when the men of Gibeon ask for help when they are being attacked due to this agreement. Then regarding their um, accusation, David seems to know about this slaughter that Saul was involved in. And in this case, I think you could say genocide of the people of Gibeon. They were killed simply because they were of Gibeon and against orders, against what had been promised to them. Now, when Yahweh says Saul and his bloody house, this indicates that others in his family participated in the slaughter. So keep this in mind when hearing what the Gibeonites ask for. Saul's sons were probably not just in the army, they were probably, based on all the reference we, references we have seen about tribal and family connections and positions of power, both in the court and in the army, that his sons were probably commanders over men giving orders to carry out the murders. But why seven? Well, apparently, in context, this has some sort of meaning in completely acknowledging and paying the price of justice. If you recall, Rizpah is the same concubine that Abner was accused of sleeping with in 2 Samuel chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. I went back and looked at that, and I was struck by the fact that it simply was an accusation. It was not something that was validated as having happened anywhere in the context. Then, Mikal, who was actually David's first wife and then had her interim husband, that is mentioned first in 1 Samuel chapter 25, but then was given back to David, um, apparently brought up her sister's children because when you look at 1 first, first Samuel chapter 18, verse 19, you see that Merab, Saul's oldest daughter, married Adriel the Mahalathite, and so it was his children, their children, that Mikal brought up, and that's how it is stated in this section. It also says that Adriel was the son of Barzillai, but he has a different last name, this Barzillai. This is not the Barzillai the Gileadite of 2 Samuel chapter 19. This is Barzillai the Mahalathite. Getting back to the justice that is being carried out, which basically what would be in our day and age possibly called war crimes, um, still you can understand the mother's grief. Michal isn't mentioned, but Rizpah is distraught, and David responds in compassion to her by honoring them, by burying them in the family or kingly tomb um, with Saul and Jonathan's bones and then God answers their prayers, implying in context prayers for rain, and that they have done the right thing. Then we have more war with the Philistines, more giants. The four giants, including Goliath, are sons of an apparently well-known giant, simply referred to as the giant in Gath. The first of his sons that was killed is obviously Goliath, and then the next one that starts with an I is out for revenge on David, who is saved by Abishai, Joab's brother. So these guys do look out for David, and David is too old for battle anymore, but is still valued as a king, and they call him the lamp of Israel. Then the next giant is referred to by name, who is killed as Saph, and then the next two are just called um, Goliath's brother and the other one, the six-fingered man. But then in summary, it says these were the four sons of the giant of Gath. So David and those he led up against the daunting odds, but in Yahweh's strength and guidance, had victory. No wonder this allegory of killing giants in our own lives is so popular. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.